There are no road signs to mark the tiny village of Limpet. It lies between two towns that you have never heard of. If you pass Ostrander's goat farm, you've gone too far. We won't stay long in Limpet. There's not much of anything here for us, except the girl. And the girl was not much of anything either, not back then. Her name was Rue Fanshaw, and she was too small for her age. She had a narrow, bony face and a tight, dissatisfied mouth. Her rusty brown hair was shoulder-length, with bangs that hung over her eyes. They were green eyes. Green eyes are often very captivating, but Rue's eyes were the spent, dull green of smoke at the end of a fireworks show. In order to see her, we need to get down on all fours and squeeze through an opening in the vinyl apron that surrounds the bottom of her family's mobile home. It's a small opening, and we'll have more trouble getting through than Rue did. She can slip through the narrowest gaps like a ferret. Like all good thieves, she understands space. Space can be a friend or an enemy, so you should always know how much of it your body needs. Rue, being tiny, needs very little, and she feels most comfortable in cramped areas, like this one. Duck your head. There she is. Let's begin. With her legs pulled up and her chin on her knee, Rue listened to the sound of men's footsteps above her head. They tramped back and forth, from the living room to the bedroom beside it. She supposed they were tramping through her own bedroom too, but there was nothing of interest for them there. The thing of interest was directly above her head. The men kept returning to that spot. She could hear their voices too, but could not make out the words. One man threw up. She heard the sound of retching and then footsteps rushing off. To the bathroom, maybe? She knew they were going to find her eventually. She considered, in an offhand way, what would happen to her when they did. In the end, she decided she didn't really care. She had been shivering badly. Whether from cold or from fear, she wasn't sure. Now her body was still again. Quiet. There was nothing to do but wait. She turned her attention to the tiny green snake that was balanced on the knee of her tan corduroys. The light from the narrow break in the trailer's vinyl apron passed through the snake and turned it the sort of green Rue's eyes might have been, had her life been different, emerald and clear. The snake's undulating body looked so cool and smooth that Rue stuck out her tongue and licked it. Oddly, she could feel imperfections on the glass, small bumps and scuffs that her eyes could not detect. All around her on the icy, packed earth were dozens of tiny flowers, some made of blown glass, some trapped in lucite domes, daisies, tiger lilies, a bouquet of pink roses, paper-thin red poppies. There was a pair of enamel earrings shaped like marigolds, large and gaudy, which she had stolen from the drugstore. She had mounded up earth and planted them by sticking their posts through the ground. Rue considered the little garden before nudging the poppies closer to the marigolds and putting the snake between them. Then she flung herself to the ground and listened to the earth. It was something she often did, checking the ground the way other girls might check the mirror. She could hear all its movements, small fluttering sounds of life that fascinated her. Here, beneath the trailer, the sounds were stealthy, quiet stirrings of slow-moving bugs, the squeezing and shoving of ice crystals in the March thaw. She heard a new sound, above ground and close by. Opening her eyes, she saw the mouse a few feet away, staring at her. Very slowly, 
Rue stretched out her hand and wiggled her fingers toward him, happy to see him. He edged closer to her, hoping for food, as usual. She wished she had some. In any case, he came close enough to let her stroke his back, the fur still thick from the winter and the color of buckwheat honey.